Dennis Stewart, um, it is obviously the start of autumn at the moment uh, with the temperatures dropping down a little bit and mm. things changing just a little bit yes. and, the, and the days drawing in. So at this time, we like to get your recommendations on how we can approach the coming mm. season when it's getting a bit cooler. Jane, this time of uh, every year, for many years, I've recommended a little trilogy of natural things that should be taken to boost one's resistance. We'll talk about that as we go through the program. Excellent. And, of course, very happy to have your questions and comments and topics that you'd like to raise, something that would make you feel good uh, health-wise. So Health Naturally, the hotline for you to ring is 49216216 to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today on 2NURFM. For our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, going to be talking about things to do with winter, keeping off the winter ills. But, Dennis, we're also very happy to take calls from our listeners, and that could be you, 49216216. And to start us off, Elaine has rung in from Charlestown. Elaine, circulation's on your mind. Yes, yes. Hello, Elaine. Hi. Um, I have circulation problems with my legs, yes. right? And I can't get those uh, white those stockings on. Yes. But I was recommended paraben. Do you know anything okay. about paraben? Is um, it, or is there anything better okay. than paraben? I think you'll find that um, that product and many other good products incorporate what are called bioflavonoids. Now, I speak frequently uh, about bioflavonoids on this program. And uh, one of the virtues of some bioflavonoids is that they do have an effect, particularly on uh, lymphatic circulation. Um, have you had uh, varicose surgery or anything like yes, that? Yes, I had okay. in the past, yeah, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, look, um, but, uh, generically speaking, bioflavonoids are articles that improve both um, blood supply and lymphatic drainage to areas particularly areas that have been affected by surgical procedures, etc. Your problem is not an uncommon one, and bioflavonoids, unfortunately, are not recommended enough, in my opinion, even by our general practitioners. They're very safe entities, and one of them in particular called Rutin, R-U-T-I-N. Now, write that down. R-U-T-I-N, uh, that's, yep. that's a member of the bioflavonoidal group. And I, I have been so impressed with bioflavonoids that I developed my own product called Flavor Blend. Mm. And it contains a significant level of rutin together with other bioflavonoids. And one of the indications that I use that product for is for promoting improvement in, in peripheral circulation, in, in, in lymphatic circulation. My wife, in fact, uses it because she experiences uh, occasionally some lymphedema mm -hmm. as a result of surgery that she's had, um, mm -hmm. and it works well. So I'm sure you'll find that Peroven is a member of that group. I know it has some very, very good feedback. Mm -hmm. um, you'd certainly be able to get it, when I say certainly, I'm sure you'd be able to get it from your pharmacist, but also the Flavor Blend product that I've mentioned containing rutin is available from my rooms at New Lambton. You're on the right track there. The, the, the other thing, however, that I'd mentioned by way of um, responding to your concern about your, your problem there is don't overlook the benefits of a European herb called butcher's broom. Oh, that sounds yeah, interesting. That's a, a oh, there's, a, there's a fascinating, there's a fascinating story about it. Actually, the story goes that the the, the Roman um, armies 
which to this day are considered to be uh, unbeatable as far as travelling a distance in a day at a trot, so to speak, or a jog, the rumour goes, or the theory goes, or the, 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 the record says that the success of the Roman soldiers was in that they constantly took a drink made up of butcher's broom, which helped maintain peripheral circulation, lessened their likelihood of varicose veins. Whether that's true or not, it certainly is supported the use of butcher's broom as a herb usually taken with bioflavonoids to address your problem. I think if you got onto that little duo, I'd be very surprised if you didn't do better than what you're doing, Elaine. Oh, okay. So where would I get the... I, okay. okay, I can get the rootin from your place. Yes. Uh, you, but the I think butcher's broom, I think where do find, I get that from? I think you'd find you'd get butcher's broom from uh, my rooms at Alma Road, but you're at Charles, oh, okay. you're at Charlestown. Um, yep. um, if you go down to Vitology at Warners Bay, they'd have it, but um, certainly those two things I stock because I see a lot of patients with your problem and uh, I know a lot about those um, particular products. I've lectured on them and, and developed products around them and butcher's broom and rooted to my way of thinking should be on the finger on the on the on the tip of every practitioner's tongue who's mm. dealing with this common peripheral problem that you're experiencing you go for it Elaine all right so the at the moment I, I I've got the box of paraben but yeah well look so that, that, should you take the three a day it, it just says take the three lots Morning, lunchtime, and night, right? I'd be and then drop back to twice okay. a day. And that's good advice. Um, I'd be guided by the instructions of the product. Yeah. As I say, that product has got a good reputation. Uh, yeah. Do exactly what they say in order to start to get a benefit. And then, as they've indicated, if you start to get a benefit, drop back a bit until yeah. you reach a management level. Yeah. All right, then, look, thanks very much. Okay, Thank Elaine. you. Thank you. I'll see if I can find right. some of this butcher's broom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Elaine. Thank now, while we're talking about butcher's broom, um, Dennis, uh, would it be a plant of Africa? Because the Ethiopians and the Kenyans, of course, are so well known for their long-distance running. Look, um there may, way, uh, may well have been some connection there because the, the Romans were in Africa, as you know, and um, they, um, they may have either uh, gained some knowledge from African tribesmen or vice versa, the Africans might have seen how fast the Romans went <laughs> catching them, that they might have picked up on it. But look, the, the, the fascinating thing, we touched on this, on this last week, the interchange of, of medications between cultures is very well established. I was talking last week about the, the way in which the Ayurvedic uh, system of medicine um, and, and the way in which it is based on what we call a humoral system of medicine um, is very much very similar to the ideas and the system of medicine practiced by the by the early Aryans in the Indus Valley civilization, and the theory goes that Alexander the Great, um, when he went to that part of the world, a great man that he was, greatest great genius that he was, uh, that when he went to that part of the world and saw how sophisticated their culture was, he picked up a lot of knowledge and brought back to Greece a lot of the ideas of the Ayurvedic physicians. And from that, the Greek interpretation of the humoral system took off. So uh, it's, it's a fascinating study, the, the way in which cultures and societies not only share ideas but share their medication. And the program is Health Naturally on 2NURFM with Dennis Stewart answering your questions. And, uh, yes, we do have Chris on the line. And Chris has rung in from Conjoy. 
4921 uh, Chris, you're interested in growing turmeric, is that right? Uh, that, that's right, Jane. I've been um, a supporter of the benefits of turmeric for some time. And as an organic grower of vegetables, um, I've decided to move down the uh, track of growing turmeric and also that other one that uh, Dennis spoke about some time ago, some, gold something. Golden seal. Golden, that's the one. Golden. So yeah. you're actually growing that, are you? No, no. I, oh, okay. I, I, this, okay. uh, this year I've... I got hold of some seed, and um, the idea being to build up a seed bank of the turmeric, okay, which yep. which which I've done, and also to explore just how well turmeric can grow out here yes. at Conjurer. Yes. Now I know you've got it growing at Bacolban, yes, but um, it's sort of as you know things change. But I've found that uh, the turmeric I've grown, I'm growing here now, is of a quality um, that is. Sort of as good as anybody else can grow. So, well, I, I know my the plan. I, I know the Conjuroy Valley really well, Chris, and it's it's almost an idyllic place. And mm. the, it, uh, I would have no hesitation in, in agreeing with you that what you're growing there would be a world beater. And I applaud you mm. for doing it. Uh, and, sim- so, and similarly with Golden Seal, when when you're ready to uh, have a go at Golden Seal, um, contact me personally because I have the handbook written by probably the most famous uh, grower and propagator of golden seal in Australia, a chap that uh, lives in, 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 um, in Victoria. And I've had a little yep. bit of experience in, in, in propagating and keeping it going. So when you're ready to have a go at that herb golden seal, which is a difficult herb to grow, but with your capabilities in countryside, I think you've got a good chance of doing it. When you're ready, you should come and have a yarn with me personally and I'll help you with that. I'd, I'd appreciate that. Of course. Um, they're just uh, golden seal um, plant at the same time as turmeric, or is oh, it? Oh no, 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 no. Gold, golden seal, uh, remember, is is as a North American herb. It, yeah. it, it is an under canopy herb. That is, uh, it grows in an area where uh, in summertime you have a canopy of of foliage that protects. Uh, the the herb from intense heat, and yeah. then um, during the winter time, when when the North American forest loses it, its leaves, um, the the you, you okay. also you get certain amount of sunshine coming through, and the yeah. leafy mulchy soil encourages the natural proliferation of golden seal. It, that's quite different from growing a spice. Turmeric is a spice. Okay. Uh, whereas golden seal is an under canopy rhizome, uh, and and in in, in winter time you wouldn't even know uh, it was there. But then come summertime, and I've seen this happen on numerous occasions. It's a magnificent and an awesome sight to see the the curled head of the of the golden seal coming up from the mulch and then developing into a beautiful um, a beautiful flower head and, and leafy structure. It's, it's, it's almost a religious experience to, to, to evidence. <laughs> that, by the way, is why it's so, uh, so valuable, because whereas turmeric can be grown reasonably easily, golden yeah. seal does require a little bit of info, and this is why I'm saying to you and other listeners uh, that are wanting to get into golden seal, which, by the way, wait for this, which, by the way, you will not import from the U- U.S. now, A, without a license, and B, you're paying in the vicinity of $400 a kilo for the dried root. So it is one of those herbs that for people like yourself 
that's obviously a, a grower and an interested grower and growing organically, if there's anything, if there's anything that could really do you well financially and otherwise, it's the growing commercially of Golden Seal. And I've got all the information, the textbooks, the experience behind me. And interestingly, interestingly, I have one of my students who's just back from the US, where he's been lecturing for years, he is now living on my property and and he is a specialist also in growing Golden Seal, having been in the US and seeing it grown naturally. So I get a bit wound up, as you can tell, Chris, when people talk about <laughs> growing herbs, because for for years, I used to conduct a seminar, a one-day seminar, frequently in conjunction with Professor Cliff Elliott, who was the professor of physics at this university for many years. And he yeah. and I grew medicinal herbs in his property at Peach Orchard Road when he retired. It was almost a father and son relationship. So uh, I used then a book called uh, Growing Herbs as a Cash Crop by Richard oh. Allen Miller, which and we've still got copies of that. Uh, so I know a lot about this, and and to you and others that are interested in getting into this, I would say this is still, and let me emphasise, this is still an underappreciated area of agriculture, particularly for organic growers, small landholders who are interested in what they're doing. What you're doing, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited about what you're doing, and I'll go out of my way to help you. That's great. So, in just coming back to turmeric yep, yep, briefly. Yep. Um, obviously, um, what I've got this year is a seed bank, but next next season's crop, which um, is due to be harvested probably in another month, six weeks, maybe even more. Yes. Um, I'll be looking for a market now. You speak. You've. I heard you speak before about um, people who are after turmeric. Yes. Or to do so. Um, I guess you use those people as well for what you grow out of Picolban? We, we don't grow a lot of Picolban now. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> My best days are over, but I used to grow a lot out there. But look, what I'd be suggesting you do, how much are you likely to, to harvest in kilo quantities, do you think? Well, g- given the, what happened last year with the little bit I put yeah, in and the yeah, crop that yeah, I got yeah, off it, yeah. um, I, I'd be somewhere in... Uh, I'd imagine that somewhere in the vicinity of 100 kilos is what... Okay. 100 kilos plus is, is what that, I'd be harvesting now, next year. Is that dried? That will be uh, taken out of the ground, washed okay. and dried. That, and, yeah, that, that, that's the state it'll be in. It'll okay. be washed and then dried. Okay, because... Um, if you're wanting to do anything with it commercially, as opposed to selling it at, at, at markets when it's fresh, if you want yeah. to do anything commercially, you have to go through a series of steps. And this is where I'm happy to lead you and others in this direction if you want me to take you there on any occasion. But the first thing you have to do is make sure it's dried properly in order yeah. to offset the possibility of mould. And, yeah, se- yeah, and secondly, yeah. you ha- and you'd understand this, you then have to put it through a hammer mill or something like that to reduce yeah. it in size. And once you've got it at a cut stage, that is the dried cut herb, you'll be then yeah. wise to go even further and, and develop it into a fine powder. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and what I would be suggesting there is that you uh, get a, a commercially produced um, package or bag with, with a nice label on it and promote it in kilo packs in the same way that anyone would go into a health food store or a supermarket yeah, yeah, and purchase yeah. this stuff. If you're going to get something like 100 kilos, which is not a lot, if you, if you can bag up 100 bags with yeah. a, of kilo quantity, good quality dried stuff, 
and mentioning your, your growing conditions and the organic nature of it, that will walk away. You take it to places like some of the markets we have around here, and I'd, I would virtually guarantee with the right marketing and the right labelling, you would not be able to keep up with it. Okay, well, the, the, the ultimate plan for me is, I'm, I'm not too sure of your age, but um, my age is of getting to the stage where I've got to start looking at um, making a little bit easier. Yes. <laughs> so, I, you know, when I talk about 100 kilos plus for next year, I'm envisaging that in some time over the next few years, I'll probably move towards the whole of my, the area that I'm currently working. Well, the idea, the, I'll have to be quick on this, but the thing in, in this is with all cash cropping, you have to take into account your capabilities, your overheads, the, yeah. crop, the crop you're going and the likely return on it. Uh, I, yes, would su- I would suggest go easy to start with, find out what your return is and then make some decisions. Okay. All right? Anyway. Well, thank you very much, Chris. And it certainly sounds as though we might get some locally grown. Oh, look, around that would be great. Be, uh, that, that would be great because the fact that uh, that Chris is growing his stuff organically, that in itself puts it into a premium bracket. Yes. And I don't think listeners probably appreciate this enough, but the the the, the organic category of a herb gives it a significant percentage advantage over imported non-organic material. So he's, in my opinion, he's on a winner there. And 100 kilos is, is not a lot to market. That could be easily bagged up. And in smaller quantities, of course, he'd probably sell it more profitably. This is Health Naturally. On to NURFM, we're taking your calls on 49216216. Shani has rung in from Glendale, and thank you for waiting, Shani. Now, can you tell us what your problem is? Something to do with gingivitis, yes? Hello? Yes, hi. Well, it's not my gingivitis, but oh. it is my cat's gingivitis. Okay. So I'm, I know you normally deal with people, mm. Dennis, yes. so I'm yes. hoping that you can help me because I have a little kitten mm. who has terrible gingivitis oh, and um, is told that he's going to be on antibiotics for the rest of his okay. life, basically, okay. on and off. Okay. Um, and then I'm thinking there must be something else that I can do okay. for him. What I'll just explain to listeners first, Shani, that gingivitis is a gum disease. Yes. And um, it, it occurs, obviously, in, in animals as well as in human beings. Now, I have frequently mentioned, even on this program, uh, a, a preparation known as tincture of myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H. Now, in human beings... That tincture of myrrh is used as a mouthwash. Um, that is, uh, it's taken into the mouth and swished around the mouth, so to speak. And the literature is very confirmatory from what I've said. If you look in references such as the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, you'd find that of all things, myrrh is specific for gingivitis. But what worries me here, of course, is that your little kitten wouldn't be able to do what we human beings could do. But while I've been looking at this, I'm suggesting what you do is run it past your vet. Most vets that I know are interested in complementary medicine as much as I am, and some of them indeed are using herbal and homeopathic medication, and I've had the privilege of teaching many of them to use herbs in homeopathic medicine in their practices. Mention to to your vet the preparation known as tincture of myrrh and see if he has a method that would be useful Uh, even if it were perhaps in swabbing 
the areas that are affected by the gingivitis. Talk to him about it because it is very, very effective when topically used. I'm not bad at helping humans, but when it comes to kittens, I haven't had much training there, but he obviously might. He obviously might. Uh, a tincture of myrrh is fairly readily available. You could always uh, procure it for my rooms in, in, in New Lambton or even a pharmacist where you have might have it on their shelf. It's a liquid preparation. So okay. t- tincture of myrrh is a topical application. Discuss it with your vet as a possible swab type of condition. Uh, a swab type of treatment um, it's not that nasty so your kitten shouldn't reject it that much but let me just emphasize the other component of this is to not lose sight of the importance of vitamin c and bioflavonoids in the diet now you must be bored by the amount of times that i mentioned bioflavonoids yeah. but bioflavonoids are still an underrated entity as far as i'm concerned as a nutrient to address conditions such as this, particularly in conjunction with vitamin C. And my treatment in human beings for gingivitis, and I've helped many people with this condition, is essentially structured around my preparation called Flavor Blend, which is based on bioflavonoids but also containing a significant amount of vitamin C. I suggest that could easily be worked into the kitten's diet, and I'd be surprised if that didn't do it uh, a lot of good particularly when I've said perhaps swabbed under your vet's uh, guidance with tincture of myrrh. Okay, and I can buy that from your room stand. Yes, yes. Good luck and with, yes, another question, Shani? I was just going to ask about colloidal silver, if that could be an option. Look, I'm not a bad herbalist, but I really don't know much about silver, apart from the fact that it's a fairly valuable entity, which I wish I had some at the moment. Now, look, to, I, I don't know much about that, but I, I think I'm on the right track with recommending the previous recommendations to you. Thank you, Janet. Okay, thank, thank you, you Shani. Thanks very much, Shani. And Sheridan has rung in from Belmont North, and the number to ring is 49216216. Thank you for waiting, Sheridan. And Rutin, you've got a question about that for Dennis, have you? Uh, yes, I do. Look, um, my brother asked me to make this call. Yes. Uh, he can't ring you at the moment, but yes, he heard yes. you yes. talking about Rutin just a little while ago. Yes, yes. Um, and he wants to know if it would be suitable for him. He had... Um, oral surgery to have a cancer removed yes. uh, several months ago. Yes. They did take away some lymph nodes yes. on either side of his yes. neck, yes. all clear and everything, yes. good, but good. has interfered with the normal drainage yes. process yes. and he's been told to massage it and to find someone yes. who does that kind of massage. Yeah. When he heard you speaking about this, he thought that was something that perhaps would do him some good, yes. so I'm beginning to find out if it would. Okay. Look, in my opinion, it would be a very useful thing to to try. Uh, To start with, as I've indicated earlier, um, rutin is a bioflavonoid, and bioflavonoids are nutrients with therapeutic potential. Um, Rutin in particular is the main bioflavonoid that is used to address poor lymphatic drainage. And I mentioned earlier that my wife's experience subsequent uh, to breast surgery uh, led to Uh, sometimes experiencing some lymphedema and that would be a similar um, situation as far as uh, drainage is concerned that I suspect is happening to your brother Um, Mm -hmm. just as my wife has used a preparation with rutin in it from years ago when she had the surgery and has been relatively able to control 
her lymph drainage, I would think that it would be worthwhile in this case for your brother to try the product, any product with rutin in it. But as I said earlier, I was so impressed over many, many years of using bioflavonoids that I developed my own product, which has been put through the Therapeutic Goods Administration, uh, known as Flavor Blend. And I am not exaggerating when I say it virtually walks out of the practice. That's a bit of a pun, isn't it? But it, uh, it's very well appreciated, and uh, I could highly recommend it or indeed other products with rooted in it. You tell him to give it a go. I will do. And how would he get, uh, how would he get the product from you? He's on the Central Coast. Okay. Have... Look, um, it's, it's really not an issue. Um, what part of the Central Coast is he on? He's at Saratoga. I know, I, know, I know Saratoga well. Uh, look, what I suggest you do to save time is ring my Newcastle number on 49-562321. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I, I still have a home on the Central Coast. It's just a little bit sad that after 40 years I um, closed my practice on the coast two years ago. But we can arrange to get this to him, I'm sure. Ring that oh, number, okay. Ring the number and we can organise that for him. Oh, fabulous. Okay, thanks very much, Dennis. Health Naturally for our sponsor, Dennis Stewart's New Lambton Herbal Medicine Centre, taking your calls on 49216216. And I think we might just have a time for another call or two. Leslie is on the line already from Hamlin Terrace. Now, it's all about Parkinson's, is it, Leslie? Uh, no, it's not, not just Parkinson's. Right. It's um, from my wife, actually. She does have Parkinson's, mm-hmm. but um, the main problem at the moment is restless legs at night and only mm. being able to get about two to three hours sleep a night. Oh, dear, that's, uh, that's nasty, isn't it? It is. Um, is your wife using magnesium? Uh, she has been, but our doctor has told us that um, the latest reports are saying that magnesium does virtually nothing. Oh, well, mm. um, I, I would tend uh, to uh, disagree with that. Based, mm-hmm. based on, uh, and I'm very rarely will you hear me dissent from uh, the good advice that our medical practitioners give us, but I can only go on feedback um, mm-hmm. that, that patients give me, uh, and I see many patients, and I have seen many patients over the years. I would, I would take issue with that. There would be many of my patients who would dare not go off magnesium. Yeah, um, uh, but she had been on yes, on magnesium, yes. the um, the Swiss magnesium, yes. for quite some time. She's got through a, um, a whole two hundred container, uh-huh. uh, and it's it didn't do anything okay. for her. One thing that I would say, perhaps in defence of of preparations like this, is that um, time is the essence. Um, mm-hmm. Not not always using complementary medicine and what I call gentle remedies. Not always does one get an immediate benefit. Uh, yeah. And I have to explain this to people um, who are using herbs like ginkgo and others, that uh, preparations grow on you over a period of time. But having, uh, having said that, having said that, um, talk to your doctor about niacinamide. 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 Now, I have a colleague of mine who, in fact, has uh, worked in a pharmacy for many years and who came to spend a bit of time with me and mentioned the fact that many people that uh, use that preparation, niacinamide, um, have re- experienced great relief from this condition. Now, I haven't, oh, right. I haven't used it a lot, but 
it is worthwhile um, discussing with your GP. Uh, he yep. would be aware aware of the substance and aware of the therapeutic dose. It would not be an expensive substance, but I think if you're going to try it, mention it to him and see what his response is. Um, now, with reference to the insomnia, um, even though this is coming from the restless leg, um, is your wife using anything at all to try to get some sleep? Uh, she's tried just about every sleeping tablet on the market, but the problem is um, not only do they not work very well on her, but uh, they gave, cause her a lot of hallucinations as well. Okay. okay. Look, uh, and again, because your wife would be on medication from her good GP for Parkinson's, what I'm going yep. to suggest is that she not only discuss niacinamide as perhaps useful for the restless leg, but also discuss uh, a course of treatment on the herb carver. Carver. Now, carver is becoming carver is becoming increasingly uh, well known. It is now prepared in, in a pharmaceutical form as an over-the-counter tablet. There are some reservations about prescribing it to some people that are on certain medications. But again, um, some of the best results that I've had in practice using what might be referred to as a non-drug approach has been to recommend the use of one or two carver tablets at night before retiring. But again, mention that to your GP. I'd be interested for you to get back to us and let us know the response to those, those two recommendations. I'll certainly do that, Dennis, because okay. we're just about at wit's end with the restless legs and the, the non-sleep because neither of us are sleeping because H&A wants one's awake. We're I both understand. Awake. Well, what, what I will do also for you... Um, I've mentioned that you discuss uh, particularly the niacinamide with your GP. I'll look into it when I get back to my rooms today and find out uh, what information I have. And if you were to ring my rooms on the number um, that I mentioned, 49562321, and yep. give them your uh, name and address, they would be able to uh, send you the information on this if I can locate it. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Leslie. Uh, and oh, could I just ask one other thing? Yes, oh, of course. No, that's um, fine. Uh, Baker's cyst behind yes. the knees. Yes. There was something you had some time ago, yes. something about a poultice. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, now, look, I know this sounds weird, but what I've learned over the years is a lot of weird things in both mainstream and complementary medicine. I have a treatment which um, has been actually written up in, in uh, popular journals based on bicarb soda. And it does involve a poultice, and, yep. and it arose from the fact that a listener forwarded it to me, saying this does work, because when I was contacted about it years ago, I was at a loss to recommend a non-medical approach. I have this uh, Baker Sist article, if you like, uh, run off for my patients. When you're talking to the practice today, mention that you want the, the article on the, the folk treatment for Baker's cyst, and then you can give it a go. It's not going to cost you anything, not at okay. all. But if you, get a good, if you get a good result, I guarantee you'll be back on telling us that you did. Okay. <laughs> right I'll on. give it a try, Dennis. Right Thank on. you very much. Okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Leslie. And, um, well, we're getting towards the end, but yep, we yep. might as well just – we've got still a few minutes that we mm, can talk mm, about mm. Uh, those winter ills coming Look, up. It's, it's a topic that I try to take up every year, and I have done for years on various radio programs, a little trilogy of supplements, three things that I believe can be shown to be useful in supporting uh, particularly elderly people's wintertime conditions. 
Uh, I'm a great fan at this stage of the year of recommending the American herb Echinacea. Echinacea made its reputation as an agent to address coughs and colds and flu potential. Let me emphasise, not as a competitor for medical treatment, not as a competitor with vaccines or anything like that, but rather, if you like, a simple herb, inexpensive, that developed its reputation, which still prevails, as being a useful wintertime herb to build up a degree of protection and also to lessen the virulence of an infection. So start now, I'm saying to people, get on to some echinacea, um, start taking it, work through the wintertime with it. I could talk all day about patients and clients that swear by the benefit of this particular remedy. Miners in particular warm to it because as underground workers prone to colds, flus, etc., going on to this has helped many of them. Many of them have been my patients and clients. Echinacea. Echinacea. The second thing is optimise your level of vitamin C. Now, I know um, this is still a big debate in mainstream medicine whether Dr Linus Pauling was right or not. I'm convinced that vitamin C has a case that when used at an optimal level, it can reinforce one's resistance. Get into some vitamin C. It's as cheap as dirt. You get it at health food stores, pharmacies, probably even supermarkets. Oranges? Well, yes, but again, optimum levels, like the level of vitamin C that you would need uh, to get a, a medicinal effect. Yes. Probably is better to take it as a powder or a tablet something like 250 milligrams even a day, an optimum level. The final thing is, don't overlook what we learned from Asian, both Southeast Asian and South Asian medicine. I attended an Ayurvedic medical conference in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago where I spoke on Ayurvedic herbology. Most of the uh, people that spoke were medical practitioners, some Indian, some Australian. All of them, all of them extolled the virtues of using the Asian emphasis on spices, warming herbs, and this time of the year is the time to start using herbs such as ginger, and if you can handle it, chili. But the ginger herb, particularly for elderly people, take it as a tea, a pleasant herbal tea, cheap again, two to three cups a day. Ginger has a useful potential on the circulatory system. It has a warming effect on tissues, and in our textbooks we learn the ginger has an affinity for the lung and is very useful for sufferers of bronchitis where it lessens the, the viscosity of the sputum, warms the lung and lessens the likelihood of bronchial conditions taking off. So there you go, a three-pronged approach, echinacea, vitamin C and using ginger tea. Fantastic. There and that's health naturally for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. <laughs> okay. And we'll be talking again next Friday after the midday news. Coming up next, news, and then it will be time to talk travel on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.